Um, we took an offering last week, and I said, uh, I want to I see if we can, do, uh, if we can raise $10,000 to give to this guy, Pablo. And um, that was kind of a big deal. In, in years past, we, we did some offerings, and uh, we were trying to raise money for our orphanages that we built. Um, and uh, it took us like four months, I think, to come up with $30,000. And so um, to come up with $10,000 in a week um, is probably not fair. And so I apologize to you guys for putting that on you. But I want you to know that I'm pretty, pretty pumped. We raised $10,000 last week. Uh, um, dude. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really, really proud of you guys um, for helping me with that. I don't often ask you guys to do things like that, but um, this guy is doing more for the kingdom than anyone else I know currently in my life, and, uh, and it's good to put finances in people's hands that are uh, living the life, and uh, Pablo's doing great things, and it's pretty rad, and so I had dinner with him on Friday night, and I got to tell him, hey, man, um, about that goal, you know, and he was like, yeah, you know, it was really cool. They've been to, I think, eight churches already in the country. Uh, from California, from sea to shining sea. They went all the way over to Pennsylvania, and uh, they've been to a whole bunch of con- uh, churches and uh, taken offerings. Big churches, uh, 1,000, 1,200, 1,500. The Way Community Church took the largest offering so far. <laughs> Inside, I was doing like, yeah, I was pretty excited. Anyways, guys, you guys are awesome. Thanks for helping me help him. And... Um, he was like, yeah, needless to say, next time I come to the States, I'm going to come to the way. And I was like, yeah, next time we're giving you $5, dude. Uh, uh, and a sweet handshake and a microphone. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so anyways, um, today uh, we want to talk about, I'm going to talk about money. And uh, it's, uh, for any of you guys that don't come here, you may not know this, but this is um, not my strength of conversation. <laughs> so you may see me get nervous quite often and need a breather. Um, in basketball, we call this our left-handed layup, all right? So this is the things that you kind of have to work on a lot to get really good at, right? And so uh, I, last time I planned a series on finances, it was back in, I think, when were we voting? Uh, anyways, yeah, well, that was the last time that we planned a series on finances, and I bailed on the series to talk about voting, and uh, so I just did little financial snippets the whole time, so... Here you go. We're going to talk about finances today, mainly because when I was praying and thinking about you guys, I was thinking this time of year, there is no conversation that you're having more than finances right now. And so in light of that, I'm going to join your conversation and try to crawl around in your head and help you navigate through some things that could be hazardous in your life. Um, Our Lord and Savior said this, and then we'll pray. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, either You will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Wow. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Okay, so uh, as we talk about this here, I... um, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, and as I approach the conversation of finances, I, I want to make sure that I'm talking to the right people and just set the right tone. We love God, right? We want to honor Him. We want to live for Him. We want to serve Him. We want more of Him in our life. He's done great things, and we want to see Him do greater things, correct? 
Um, so when I, when I think about the subject of money from a pulpit's perspective, I get very bored very quickly. However, when I think of things that God has done in my life, financially, I get very excited. And I think we do too. When we find God in our finances, it's a pretty cool moment, isn't it? Like when he's like, when he does something that no one else can do, uh, there's, that you, you drove 20 miles to get to a store and there's nothing left on the shelf and the guy brings it out of the back and says, it's on sale. And you're like, hey, well, this is really, this is a good day. Like God does things that are pretty rad and he does them in light of the fact that he loves us. And, uh, and so I'm going to invite you into that scenario here today. I want to say something to you in light of maybe um, we struggle with God and finances. Um, Yep. I want to remind you that God gave everything. This is something I like to say often. Giving is one of the goals of our church. Giving is part of Christianity. If you don't like giving, you need to understand your heart has not gravitated to what the cross has done for you. God gave his life. He gave everything that he had that he would possess all of you. You are his purchased possession the scripture says he paid the ultimate price for you giving is now what we do as a reflex i also want to remind you i'm i'm supposed to say this later in the sermon but i'm just flowing right now you can't earn god's love so by talking about giving today you don't make god love you more i'm going to come back to that i want to make sure you understand that god doesn't love you more because you give okay so in light of, of giving, I know that there are some that are, have a hard time letting go of finances, and, and it's because we work hard for our money, right? We work hard for money. Anyone else? We work hard for money. Anyone else? And so it, um, it, it, it's hard to let it go. I get that. I found a verse that destroyed me, and I'm going to read it to you. Check this out. Deuteronomy. There's a lot of verses in Deuteronomy that are really interesting. Uh, and so here's one of them. Chapter, uh, ver chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. It says, Beware, lest you say in your heart that my power and my might of hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. That's a microphone drop right there. I can, we can just leave right there on that, right? That's like, yep. You don't want to strain at the gnat and swallow that camel. That's something that we want to make sure that when we wake up in the morning, it's God that gives us health. It's God that gives us wisdom. It's God that gives us uh, a discernment. It's God that navigates us through our day at work, and we're relying on him in everything that we do. I was remembering here this morning in prayer as I was praying, John chapter 15, you are the vine and I am the branches, and I can do nothing apart from you, right? I can't go to work and earn money apart from you. I can do it. Won't be probably pretty good, and I'll probably ruin everything that I do while I'm there. Anyone else ever fall into that scenario? Okay. It's just me. I have um, like ten point, nine points today, and I'm going to try to get through them real quick. The first one is the longest, and so we're going to try to jump into this and see where this goes. I want you also to know that following this message, we're not taking an offering. Isn't that good news? <laughs> Brady would say otherwise. The website's always open, right? Yeah, there you go. Okay, here we go. Uh, so uh, the first thing is you need to know we're going to talk about tithing. Uh, some of us are doing it. Some of us are not. And uh, the way that people view tithing, I know a lot of people that would say that this is an Old Testament 
Uh, it's of the law, and it's not required in Christianity. Some of you are like, that was Greek, and I don't know what he just said. Stay with me. Some people say that it's not required to do anymore. There are things in our life that predate law that we do regardless of the law. For example, murder. We knew before murder became a law that we don't murder anyone, right? We knew that stealing was wrong before the law came out, and we don't do those things. This is the same with tithing. And I'm going to show you the first time in Scripture. Actually, I'm not going to show you that one. That I think is in Genesis chapter 8. This guy, Abraham, Father Abraham had many sons. Father Abraham walked over to this guy, and his name was Melchizedek. Everyone say Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was someone that was known as a king and a priest. He had both roles going on in his life, and Abraham wanted God to do something great in his life. He met this guy, and he wanted a blessing from this gentleman. A blessing, whether or not you realize it or not, is something that you always want in every relationship in your life. That's why it's huge that you don't burn bridges. You always want blessing in your life, in everyone. And so Abraham met this man, and he wanted this man to bless him. And in order to do so, he wanted to honor this man with a tenth of his life earnings. He gave him one-tenth. That's what a tithe is. A tithe is one-tenth of all your possessions. It was the first time that we find that in Scripture. And what happened in that moment that Abraham said, wow, not only did this guy bless me and say good things over me, but they came to pass in my life, and it was so good that he taught his children, and his children taught their children. And how do I know it? Because we find it just after that in Scripture, again, before the law came out, in Genesis chapter 28, verses 22 to verses 20 through 22, and it says, And then Jacob, he made a vow. Okay, in this scripture, Jacob had just left his father Esau. Nope, Isaac was his father. He left his father Isaac, and he was going to meet his wife. He went down to lay down at night, and he had an, an incredible dream from God. A great moment had occurred in his life. He saw this dream about this ladder, and he felt like this place was going to be sacred forever and ever and ever. Great moment he had with God. And this is what he prays. It's awesome. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, God, if God will be with me and keep me in his way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I may come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up as a pillar in God, to be God's house and all of that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth of it. Before the law came out. Now, Jacob is, is offering a tenth of his possessions to the Lord. I'm going to move on a little further here. I've got to go fast. Leviticus chapter 27, we find it in the law. Now, this is what God would ordain for all of the people that wore his name. If you were a son of God, this is what you do. You bring your tithe into the tithe house, into the storehouse. And here's where it went down. Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 through 32. And all of the tithe of the land whether the seed of the land or fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And if a man wants to redeem any of his tithes, he's to add a fifth to it. Basically, if, if, he, if he made fruit and he didn't want to give a tenth of his fruit, he could give 12% in, in finances, if that was make sense. It gets a little weird, and y'all just stay, stay to 10%. We won't do any other weird uh, geonometry, all that other stuff. And, and verse 32, and concerning the tithe and the herd of the flock, 
whatever passes under the rod, tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. I, I think I said that wrong, but you get what I'm saying. Everything in these guys' lives, they would dedicate and commit to the Lord. We would go on further here. You have to know in Malachi chapter 3, this is one of the most popular verses, where the Lord would say that when you tithe, you're bringing blessing into your life. Now, I, I have to go back to what I said earlier. I want to make sure. We're only going to talk about uh, tithing for a couple minutes. We're going to talk about finances as a whole because I know this is important in your home. But you can't make God love you more because you tithe. You have to understand that. I'm, I'm as serious as a heart attack. Your pastor doesn't even like you more because you tithe. I don't know anyone that gives anything. I stay as far away from those things as possible. And because you tithe, I don't, doesn't change anything in my life. This is not about me right now. This is actually about you. And I was thinking about what blessing looks like. I have children, and some of you have children. Some of you have nieces and nephews and cousins and whatever. If your children or nephews or nieces or whatever obey you, you don't love them more because they obey what you're saying, but it's easier to have relationship because of their obedience. I'm really thinking about situations in my life, and I can account for it. When they're listening, when they're paying attention, it makes it easier for you to have relationship. There's no frustration. There's, there's, you don't even see, like when my son is disobeying, it, it's not, I'm not mad at him. But I see the end result in his life. I'm trying to give wisdom to him. And when he's disobeying, I can see the end result is only going to be frustration and, and difficultness for him, difficultness for, for him in his life. Does everyone get that? And so obedience makes relationship easier, but doesn't make me love him more. Okay. In your relationship with God, when you obey him with your finances... He, he won't love you more, but it makes it easier for him to coach you, to teach you, to rebuke you, to bless you, to comfort you. He, it's another area of his life where he can come in and be with you. And in my life, I, I can't speak for you, but I want God all in. Okay, here we go. This is good. I'm, man, this is good stuff. So here's the last part about tithing, right? So it's all like we're one, we're, 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 we're blah, 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 blah. 10%. This is Old Testament, right? New Testament, New Covenant is actually not 10%. New Testament is 100%. This is bad news here, Jack. <laughs> Pastor, maybe I could just go back to 10%. Check this out. Uh, Jesus, our Savior, this is not my words, this is his, in Luke chapter 14, verse 33, he says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. If you want to love God more and you want to grow in God, I'm telling you, I, I, I am not just the president. I am also a client. This is something that I do in my life and I have practiced since I became a Christian. When I first got saved, I was tithing on my drug money. I, I, I just, I believed it. I was like, I'm going to try this thing. Now, that's a little bit of weirdness going on there. I know. <laughs> Coffee, I told you, left-handed layup. It looks funny sometimes. God's not asking for you to give 100%, but he is. What he's asking that you would do is that you would recognize that everything you have is now his. And he is actually just wanting you to manage everything in your life in a way that honors him. Does that make sense? So that's one thing that is confusing to some. 
If you have any questions about anything in this sermon, I want you to know that you can, you can talk to Brady right after service. He, 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 will, he will help straighten all of these things out. Brady's the, the big uh, barley guy over here. All right, point number two, that was the one was the longest. Number two is giving. I think a lot of people um, confuse tithing and giving, tithes and offerings, if you would. Giving, it, offerings are not the same thing as tithing. In every check that I get and everything that I have, 10% goes to the house. But my wife and I, we still give offerings. We still look for people that we can bless, and it's not mostly in the church. Mostly, it's random. It's people that God brings across your path that you get an opportunity to be Jesus to them. I don't know if you realize, but you are somebody's pastor. They may be your checkout person at Walmart. They may be the lady in front of you, but you are teaching some people about who Jesus is in your life. Finances is a powerful way to do that. Um, I wrote what down what someone else said because I think they said it better than me, and this is what they said. They said, offerings differ from the tithes in a way that they are free will gifts to any person or organization. It's, beyond, it's a gift beyond your tithe, not instead of your tithe. An offering can be in the form of money, clothes, food, or almost anything that God prompts you to give. I thought that, that was pretty rad. Um, I'm going to read this verse to you. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I want to make sure, as I'm reading that verse, I'm actually daydreaming, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking this right now. Some of you are going, man, this guy wants me to give more money? Everyone wants my money right now. You are right. Everyone wants your money right now. Let me tell you what the enemy is trying to do from you. He is trying to steal from you. And some of us don't realize that when we're being stole from, we're actually giving it freely. When we go to Starbucks six days a week and buy a $6 drink, you are being taken from. You don't realize it, but they are hijacking you, Jack. And you're trying to wonder at the end of the week where all the money went. I can tell you right now where it went. People get frustrated when the pastor asks for money. I'm talking like, at least we're blood, we're giving the homeless. You're just feeding the president, you know? God loves a cheerful giver. Um, and so there's going to be people that God puts along your path. Um, and it's perfect for you to be a hero in someone's life. And it can look like bringing people into your house and making them a dinner. It can be like giving someone a bedroom for the night. There are many different kinds of offerings in Scripture. There's hundreds of different kinds of offerings. There's bird offerings. There's the, the, all mint offerings and frankincense offerings. and I mean, Perfume offerings. Some of you need to bring an offering to the church for Brady. I'm telling you right now, he needs a perfume offering. I'm, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Brady. Yeah, you just threw you under the bus. I had to find someone. All right. All right. So uh, in, in light of, of thinking about finances and wanting to see God move in our lives, I want to approach finances from a whole perspective. And I believe that when I talk about finances, that there are holes that many of us have in our doctrine. There are many, um, if you're a batter, let's say, and you're in the major leagues, you can hit the curveball, sweet, but you can't hit the, the changeup, man, to save your life, you know? And uh, there are some things when it comes to finances that are, now, I want to make sure that I say this, when it comes to finances, 
I am not necessarily great with finances. I married someone that's awesome with it, though, and it's really good. My agreement in finances is don't touch it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, I won't touch it, and it won't get broken. If it broke, it was because she broke it. I didn't break it, but she's fantastic, and so far, we ain't broke it yet. So, um, when it comes to finances, I think it's really important that, especially this time of year, that you approach the subject of debt cautiously. Debt is something that will create a massive amount of panic and anxiety and confusion in the lives of people that have it. I want to encourage you with all of my heart to stay as far away from debt as possible. Stay as far away from credit cards as possible. Stay as far away from student loans as possible. Stay as far away from a new car payment as possible. Some of you guys are like, no, did he say student loans? Yes. Listen, whether you realize it or not, there are billionaires in America that have put science to finding out how to sucker you in to giving them money for the next 20 years of your life. And you have to know that when you, when you use debt to buy anything, you're not buying it at the price that you agreed. It's like sin. It will keep, it'll keep you there longer than you wanted to stay and take you, you know, what does that saying go, Scott? Yeah, it costs you more than you wanted to pay and all that. Other. Listen, it's terrible. Interest is awful. And these companies, are, they sucker you in with, it's interest-free. As long as you make those payments on time, soccer, you miss one payment and that interest skyrockets. I'm nervous because when I drive into Tampa and in Orlando, I see these really big buildings. And they were built with someone else's money. And they sucker us into it. I think it's really important that we stay really, really far away from debt because it creates panic. It creates confusion. God, where is all my blessing? I'm I'm tithing, but I can't find it. God walks with you everywhere that you go, and the reason why it's hard to see is because the devourer is still capital one. He's still eating all your increase. You may have agreed to pay $700 for the TV, but on a credit card, you're going to pay $900. And that's not the price we agreed on. And I just think that as a pastor... This is something I worry about in my life, and I I want us all to be aware of it. Because when I meet with folks, finances is still the number one cause of divorce. And so it's a problem. Like, I know it's gotten quiet in here since I said the word debt. I'm sorry. Like, but I, I, listen, I believe in this. And so we have this girl, Tiffany. Where you at? Tiffany, can you stand up? Tiffany, please stand. Anyways, Tiff, um, Tiffany, stand up. Yeah. She's like four foot nine. It's fantastic. When we get out of church, it's going to be hard to find Tiffany. But listen, this, this girl knows finances. And she's one of the best coaches that I know when it comes to money. And if you got an issue, she is one of the most non-judgmental people in the world. Uh, and she's been in debt. And God has given her some strategies to get folks out of debt. We got a class that she's going to teach here in the new year that she didn't commit to me yet, but we just committed together. Um, and so I, I need you to know, man, finances is important. It's a big part of your life. And uh, if you can get ahead, it would be great. Two scriptures I'm going to read to you. Debt. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. I've seen this so often. I've, I've lent people money. I've lent people money that used to go to our church. 
and they don't go to our church anymore because instantly when you lend someone money, it changes the relationship. It, you will, when, when Capital One calls your cell phone, you don't want to answer it because it's, it's the borrower there you know, or the lender. You know, and I don't want to talk to them right now. I don't have it right now. And it, and it complicates things. When you want to lend someone money, give it to them. Just give it to them and let it go. Uh, but I'll tell you, when, when you're in debt, when you're a slave to finances, it's a brutal thing. Uh, Dave Ramsey would say the only two things you want to borrow money for is a house and possibly a car. A house is cool. A car is ish, iffy. But, um, yeah, let me keep going. Don't be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debts. Um, We, we, as American, you have to understand what we've been feeding. We're being feeding. You deserve it. You deserve this. You deserve it. You work so hard. You deserve it. You don't deserve Jack. You're just like the next person. You were just born in America. And so you start it 20 feet ahead of everyone else in the race. We don't deserve any. Now, if you get the opportunity, and so one of the things that I see is uh, college kids starting out, young marriages starting out, they want to have every bedroom in their house have a bed in it. And they want every wall to have decorations on it. And, you, and you just slow down. You'll get there. But take your time. Make wise decisions with your money. Um, that was good, right? That was good. That's good. See, yeah, the pastor's not all. He's not all that jacked up. Okay, here we go. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, uh, the fourth, uh, number four, so number one was tithing, number two is giving, number three is debt, number four is saving. Uh, My wife used to always say this, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Uh, I think that it's imperative that we put money in the bank. There is a rainy day coming. I don't know if you realize this. There is going to come a day where everything hits the fan and you're broke and uh, you're going to want some coin. Let me read you a few verses about this. Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fool gulps, down, gulps theirs down. I love it. Basically saying, uh, you don't have anything because you ate it all. You're not supposed to be paycheck to paycheck. You're not supposed to. I know it's hard because as an American, we have to have cable. We have to have the best phone. We have to have the best phone plan. We have to have the best car. We have to have X, Y, Z. But you don't have to have these things. I promise. Mankind has breathed for, etern- like for years and years and years without any of these things. You, you, you can have anything you want as long as it doesn't have you. And so if you can afford it, it's fine. But budget it. And budget for a savings account. Is this, is this good? Some people are like, man, I don't know. All right, cool. Uh, uh, Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. One of the worst things that we can do is be in a hurry when it comes to finances. Take your time, take your time, take your time. They say if you're going to make any decision that costs you more than $1,000, it should take you at least a week to make the decision. I think that's a great idea. Anything that costs you more than a few hundred dollars should take you at least a day. And if you're going to spend more than uh, $1,000, like ten grand, you may want to think about it for a little more than a week. You know what I mean? Get some advice on it because gonna, you're going to pay for it for a while. Make sure it's worth paying for. Proverbs 27, 12, know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. Know well the condition of your flocks. Pay attention to your herds. 
That sounds really like common sense when it comes to cattle. But all, like our, our bank account, yeah, maybe we should. Think about where your money's going. Check your statements. Where is money going in my life? And do I want it to go there? I think that these are important things, and it will bring blessing in your life when you get control of things. Discipline is a spiritual gift, right? It's a, no, it's a fruit of the Spirit, right? Self-discipline is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you can learn to say no to things you want in the moment so that you can have more in a long, what does Dave Ramsey say? If I live like no one else now, I can live like no one else later, right? Did I say it right? That's, uh, something like that. That's cool. I have just a few more points. Are we doing all right? All right. Number one was tithe. Number two was give. Number three was debt. Number four was save. Uh, number five is overcome covetousness. It's happening right now. Now, I mean, you don't realize it yet, but it's, the ball is about to fall. And commercials are everywhere right now. And you're about to see it on billboards, stores, everything you see on TV is something you need to have, right? I mean, you have to have this. It's such a good deal. Just because it's a good deal doesn't mean it's worth buying. I promise, the reason why it's a good deal is because they're still gonna make a lot of money on it. Uh, and so you, you have to know that. Now, I went over a friend's house the other day and they had the best yard in the world and they had this fire pit and like these lights were all set up and I was like, I gotta have that. I told my wife, we got to have that. And as I was preparing the final parts of this message, I remember the Lord saying, you're an idiot. <laughs> you don't need that. You Listen, you can have anything. You can have a new boat. You can have a new car. These things are fine. They're good. They can be used of God. But don't cover them. Uh, there's a, a pretty cool verse in the Bible. I can't believe I'm saying this right now. I shouldn't say this, but anyways, uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't covet your neighbor's ass. Um, and, uh, and I used to think, what, what? Think about back in the day. Dude looking out over his fence going, if I could just have that donkey right there, everything in my life would change. That donkey in my life would change everything. People thought like this. This is why it was a Ten Commandment. And we're doing the same thing. If I can have those shoes, if I can have those arms, I'm glad Will Doyle's not here today, right? Everyone in this church has covered this guy's abs and his everything, right? Uh, uh, if I can just have what? what? What do you need to just have? It's, you've got to know that what you need to have is probably sitting right next to you. Life is good. It's Thanksgiving coming up this week. It's time to be thankful. All right, so don't covet, right? Someone's going to be like, did he really say that Ten Commandments? Yes, he did. <laughs> All right, here we go. Last, uh, so uh, number one was tithe. Number two was give. Number three was debt. Number four was save. Number five was um, prevent covetousness. And uh, number nine is, um, is increase. Yeah, you know, you know the math. One plus two plus three is nine, right? We, we get to nine. This is the Lord's math anyways. This is how it works. Let me read you a couple scriptures here, and we're going to close this up. Um, listen, when I, when uh, this is a, coming back to giving and coming back to stewarding and coming back to managing my life the way God wants it, um, when I'm letting things go to God, in the world, it looks like subtraction. But in the kingdom of God, it's multiplication. Um, 
Someone said this, when I am close-fisted with money, um, God can't, uh, no one else can take anything out and no one else can put anything in. But when I'm open uh, with the finances in my life, not only can I give to you, but you can give to me. We can have community. I pray that this is the way our church is, not just with finances, but like our life. So many of us are struggling with crap, and it's because you're a vault. No one can know the secrets of the junk you got going on in your life. That stinks. Kingdom of God is multiplication, not subtraction. Giving is not less in my bank account. And I know that that's the world, the way the world is trying to teach you that if you let go of this, you get nothing. And that's not the way it is. And let me show you why. I love this illustration. I think this is really, really cool. Tell them I said hi. Uh, (laughs) Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Listen to this. And the king will reply, truly I tell you that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. This is Jesus talking. And he said that I was in prison and you came to visit me. I was, I was, I was naked and I was cold and, and you, you fed me and you, you, you gave me drink. And he said, well, when you did the least of these, you did to me. And he's talking to someone else and he said, but you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't give me drink. And what you did to the least of these, you did to me. Let me make it simple. When you give, I'm not just giving to Rick. Or if I buy someone lunch, Brian bought me lunch the other day. He did, he's not just putting food in my belly, which was fantastic. He's, you're, 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 you're responding to the call of God on your life in that moment to be generous. You're giving onto Jesus, not onto the person standing in front of you. When you get to Walmart and you know the person in front of you is struggling and you buy her diapers, you're giving to Christ. And in doing so, you're depositing your money into the kingdom of heaven. It's leaving your bank account and going into a really big bank account. One that has the ability to gain much more interest than Wells Fargo. Okay? And so when this happens, he blesses you. There is nothing cooler in my life. My son, we, we, the kids took an offering last week, right? They all brought their change in. My son was pumped. He was going to bring all of his, as soon as he heard about it, he went home, he went upstairs, he got his change box, and it had some dollars in there, and he, he brought the whole thing down and set it right by the door, and the next time he came to church, he brought it. And I'm like, son, we're not taking the offering for two more weeks. I'm ready, Dad. I'm going to give it all to Jesus. And I'm like, that is awesome. When this happens as a parent, there is nothing that I won't give my children. When, if anyone's, is it, who's a parent in this room? I, I have children. Great. When you see your kids give, there is nothing you won't, you won't, and the, the more, all we want to do is tell our kids, share. That's not yours. I bought that for you. Share. Same principle applies from Jesus. He's looking at you going, share. I bought that thing for you. You know, I'll, uh, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. <laughs> Uh, and uh, when you give to the kingdom, you're given to Jesus, and his blessing is not that he's going to love you more, but that because of the way and the posture of your heart, it makes it easier for him to cozy up next to you and be proud of you and share with you greater riches. That was good stuff right there. I don't care who you are. That was good stuff. All right, here, last, last couple of verses. Here's a, here's a really rad one. Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Woo! Man, I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to owe me a few bucks. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, Jesus, remember when I bought you that $10? 
I want it back, dude. Here we go. Uh, okay, cool. I'm sorry. Uh, here's the last one. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all you produce, and your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Uh, I'm talking about finances today because um, I think you're talking about finances. And as you approach the holiday season and you write the list of all the people that you have to give to, don't give more than you have. You can't do it. It's not worth putting it on the credit card and paying more for it later. God doesn't want you paying for someone's Christmas gift in August of next year because you want it to be kind. Um, it doesn't work. I don't even want you to pay your tithes on a credit card. Like, thank you, don't. All right? Like, um, but God will bless those that give because I'm a father I understand this process I know it that I know it that I know it that I know it and some of you know it and you're struggling with it but manage what you have and nothing more I'm going to say a couple things here and I'll be done the name of this sermon was uh, we, we wanted to call it trust because I realized that on every dollar bill that we have it says right there in God we trust and I don't know how long that's going to be there, but I think that that's one of the reasons why America is still blessed is because of the thousands of dollars we've spent giving to missions and sending money out of our, uh, out of our country given to, that the gospel would, would go. Um, but in God, I wonder, in God, do you trust when it comes to your finances? How much anxiety do you have when it comes to what you have and what you have to let go of? Now, I want to love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul. I'm closing with this. We're going to get a song ready, and we'll pray and dismiss. I want to love God with all of my heart, and I want God to grow in my life more and more. And what I know is that some of us are working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week to try to obtain more money. And it's hard to just let it go. But some of us are praying that God would move in our life and we're not finding him because we're not inviting him into everything that matters to us. Many of us don't look for God in our finances until the finances are gone. And now, God, what happened? Where is it? Am I the only one that has ever noticed that? I do it um, all the time. Let me say this. In your life, there's nothing that you have that you actually have the ability to protect. You can try to protect your money, but you can't. You can try to protect your car, but you can't. When Hurricane Irma came through, I realized I can board up my windows, but I can't protect that house. You can try to protect your kids, by coaching them and telling them, you can't do this, you can't do that. But eventually they're going to fall down and scrape their knee or play in a street or do something that, that could be out of your control. And whether you realize it or not, you can't protect them. Some things in your life you're going to have to surrender. And I think that this is another arena in many people's lives that we have missed learning to invite God into our lives need to make sure you know our church doesn't need anyone's finances. We hit budget last month. We're doing good. But you do. 
And I think one of the ways to grow in the Lord is by getting right with God with every arena of our life. You're fixing to head into a season that you're going to be spending a lot of money. And I want to make sure you're putting it in the right places. That matters. So I close with this. Would you guys all bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? The message was about trusting God with your finances. The only point that matters today a lot is, is your life surrendered to God? You can't protect your own soul. One day, your maker is going to come knocking. Are you right with God? Have you given him control of your life? I believe there's a few people here that aren't right with God in this moment. And you're here and you say, I want to surrender my life. I want to give the Lord my heart. I'm not in a good place right now. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, say, I want to get my life right right now. Would you raise your hand? Wow. Seven, eight, nine. God bless you guys. Hey, I'm thankful for people like you. This is why we're here. Lord, investigate my heart. And speak to me today, tomorrow. Speak to me through music, coworkers, whatever it takes. I want to give my life to you. Help me notice the areas of my life that aren't checked. I believe that you have more wisdom than I do. And you have better plans than I do for my own life. Help me to see that. We love you, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in every part of me. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I love you guys. Best day of the year, Thanksgiving. It's going to be wonderful. Lots of turkey, good stuff. Um, we're not having small groups anymore for the year. And um, that's it. Rich has got practice. And I love you guys. I'll see you next Sunday.